Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Cotton in the Rocket Ship. I'm your host, Lennox Mars Jr. I hope you guys are um, buckled in because you're in for a treat this evening. Um, I just wanted to talk to you guys for a minute. Um, so I uh, sent my episode one out. I understand it was five minutes. and um, I'm not very a long-winded person. I try not to be. I'm, I'm really from the school of efficiency gains. So if I don't have much to say, I probably won't say it. So I'm, um, it's kind of odd for me to have an actual podcast. So bouncing this stuff around, I asked um, one of my cousins, uh, how long should this podcast be? And he said, uh, and an average of 30 minutes or else you can't call it a podcast and I was like wow um so I don't know if I can have that much content but I'll um I'll try my best um so I don't want to seem long-winded I don't want to banter a lot but um I do understand that uh, listeners do have a demand so I'll try to meet the demand as best as possible um this episode isn't for a treat because um this is an uh, installment of episode two, and um, this one is called The Clay Children. This is a part of the book, like I said before, called Cotton in a Rocket Ship. I named the podcast after the actual book, and I want to share as much of this, um, this my prose as much as possible with you. So like I said before, maybe the first 20 episodes or so will include um, my, um, my pieces of spoken word and I hope you guys enjoy um just to get into a, a little bit of of this piece this piece is called the clay children um I really want you guys to understand that a lot of my works is coming from a place and a position where I'm growing up and understanding the world from um from since childhood, so I would say the age of five till now, and I'm at age 33. So a lot of these pieces were recollections and um, poems uh, discussing my the way I see the world and the way I envision the world from from a lens. And I just didn't want to do it as a. I try to be as creative as possible. I didn't want to do it as um, you know, as blatant or as as direct as some people do with when it comes to race relations or when it comes to. Uh, your opinion or your, your thoughts and the way you look at the world. I believe that everyone look at the world in a certain lens and um, it's their business however they look at that, that lens or however they perceive the lens. Um, but I do want people to understand that um, the lens is just a lens and after a while you can either clean the lens off or you can keep it blurry. Um, so, but everyone's point of view is valid, so I always want um, my listeners to be respectful to myself, and I will always be respectful to you guys. Um, but just understand that my my pros and and my my thoughts are coming from a place of of um, of, of thought, care, and um, it's coming from a place of truth. So I um, I always want you to understand that it's always coming from a place of truth. And um, I want this podcast to be as organic as possible. Um, I want it to be. Today was a good day. It um, nice blue sky, warm weather. Um, I got some home cooked food throughout the quarantine, and I know you guys who are suffering through the quarantine. Um, 
little things make life worth living. And um, I got to eat some of my mom's brown stew chicken, and I was like, oh, man, I missed this. This is probably like two months that I haven't had her food. And it, um, it hurt me. It brought back a lot of nostalgia because we ordered some food. It was, uh, probably yesterday or so, we ordered some food, my fiancé and I, and it was, it was some West Indian food, and, and it just didn't hit the spot. It just wasn't like home. And the thing was, I, I ordered brown stew chicken as well, and um, it just didn't hit the, it, it tastes like barbecue chicken, you know. There's a place for barbecue chicken, but brown stew chicken is brown stew chicken and barbecue chicken is barbecue chicken. So um, for my West Indians out there, they know that, you know, it, it should be what it is. Um, but I just want my listeners to, to um, understand, and I, I want to thank you all for listening in. Uh, this is Cotton in a Rocket Ship. And um, once again, this piece is called The Clay Children. I hope you guys enjoy. Oak-colored flesh poured would look like liquid fire. Eyes, precious pearls, crying ocean blue tears. From the ashes we are made into the ashes we become. Charismatic smiles brighten a hopeless place. But lights can quickly become dimmed. Hearts become callous as we are thick-skinned to sin. Our mothers pray for blessings. Our fathers deal with demon. demons. We lie between the twixt of two. What's right and what's wrong is an opinion, your point of view. I dare not read the daily paper. It tells me who I ought to be. I only wish that my accuser's children lived the life of me. Constantly told you are inadequate in all areas of life. Second-guessing yourself when you know you are right. Arms stretched to a breathing sun. Away from our native earth, the land of the beating drum. We make this our home. Sons of kings and warriors derelict. Queens are harlots and servants. Within our souls we are called for a higher purpose. But look how the mighty have fallen. We are now shaped by our surroundings. Bearers of a shattered past. First of the potter's kiln. Despised by the newer caste. We are the clay children. Yeah, that that poem is uh called that piece is called The Clay Children and um I really can't tell you where I was in this in this place. I well I, I think I do. Um where I was in this space I was um I was I was in a place where I just don't like the, the, the direction that um that my people are going. I just don't like the the narrative that is set. And when I mean narrative, um, I mean that uh, we as a people, we have over 250 years of propaganda against us, Um, whether it be the the noble savage or the the Negro bed wench or um, Zip Coon, um, Uncle Tom these are all characters that, that paint black people as um, inadequate and I want us to understand that we, we come from um, very good stock we come from if you look at our history we come from places where we, we've built entire cities and entire nations we've, we're highly educated if you look at Timbuktu and these are things that 
we don't know or history doesn't really shed a light on. And so I, um, I guess I was in, in my fields that day. But um, it, it, it really do, it, it did hit a nerve when I was um, reciting this poem that I, I was in that space. Um, and once again, um, I want to say that these poems are, they're old. These poems are old. They, they may be, um, I've been working on the cotton and the rocket ship for a year, probably four years now. And um, some of my reservation and hesitation to to release this stuff is because that it, it, it um some of these poems I'm no longer in that space. Um, sometimes I you know as a as a black man sometimes I wish not to talk about race or racism. Um, so this was my way. I wanted to do it in a cr- very creative way. I wanted to be um, I wanted to be impactful and I wanted to be insightful. And then once I I um, I unpack this information, I write it, and it's all on my Tumblr. Um, and they're actually in, um, some of them are posted and the others are, um, are drafts and drafts for a reason because I just wanted to keep them there. And then once I post this information and once I produce this information book form, I never want to look at this stuff again. Um, and I, I know a lot of creatives are that way too, whether they make a song or whether they write, um, lyrics to a song or they write a book you know, a lot of authors say that they never recite their work after they write it. So, you know, they may see it on film. They, they may see it in the stores and, and they may l- never look at it again because it puts them in a space where they probably just don't want to ever deal with it again because you become so engaged in your work and you um, it becomes you and it defines you. So I, I know that this this work needs to be done so I can give it to my kids or I can give it to um, some some people who were who look like me or who those who, who don't look like me. And when I say who look like me, we're all human beings. We all look the same. You can find someone of every race that looks like somebody of a race. Um, but people who, who have the same suffrage as I am, um, I want them to understand that I come from that same place or I've, I've encountered it before. So that way, um, we have a commonality and a bond. So then, I can we can all write a blueprint of how we can combat that. So as much as this is um, therapeutic for me, it, it also gives some some uh, some acknowledgement to those who who were um, affected by it and those who will be affected by it in the future. So um, being a man of 33 now, I can truly say that um, we are still affected by it. Um, we will always be, but um, to make it a better place, you have to address it. All parties have to address it, and this was my way of addressing it. And um, I really want you guys to enjoy this piece because I really did. I really do like this piece. Um, reading it over, I, I just um, did it on the spot. I didn't rehearse it. Um, because I, I feel as though that if I'd have rehearsed it, I'd have probably just been in a negative space, in a negative spin, and I never wanted to be that guy. Um, I always try to come from an objective point of view, so coming from objectivity sometimes, you try not to keep that emotional attachment, but race is something that is emotional um, because there was there's bloodshed involved. Um and you want to be as honest as possible. So once again, I'm steeped in honesty. I'm steeped in my truth. 
Um, because remember, there's always three sides to the truth. There's your side, there's the other side, and then there's uh, the perspective of the witness or the objective truth. But this is my truth. So I try to be as realistic as possible. Um, but like I said before, uh, the Clay Children, this piece came about because um, like the other piece before, I tried to, to embody aspects of um, the earth. So in the beginning, um, when I'm making this this poem in the beginning was an homage to the book of Genesis. The Clay Children is episode two. So when um, and I'm giving you guys a lot of the background story of it all because I, I think it, every movie deserves its director cuts. You know, you you definitely need a director's cut. And um, in this director's cut, the Clay Children is basically Adam and Eve. Um, that that piece where. Um, you're made from clay. You're, you're made. You're, you're made from this. So um, some of the uh, the analogies and some of the things I want to portray is that you know when I say oak colored flesh, we are of of the land. So you know we have flesh of the color of oak. Um, poured would look like liquid fire. Liquid fire would be the blood that's being spilled. Eyes, precious pearls, ocean blue tears. Um, that's kind of self-explanatory from the ashes we are made and from the ashes we become you know that's directly from the bible um charismatic smiles bright in a hopeless place um that's that's where we come from i come from newark new jersey i grew up in in an urban environment and um i met some great people i've lost some great friends who had uh, miraculous smiles they had colgate smiles um they had that light um and when I mean the light, for those who don't understand, is like this uh, this charismatic, childlike um, light. It, 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 um, it's almost their aura. You meet some very nice and beautiful people in this place that's so, so brutal and so dark. That's why when I said, but lights can quickly become dimmed. Hearts become callous as we are thick skinned to sin. Um, so, you know, I always preach hope or I try to, to envision hope, but you have to understand, you, you, you know, coming from the hood or coming from an urban environment, you're steeped in your reality. You're steeped in, in, um, in sin. You're, you're steeped in it. You, you know, I don't want to you know, be a Bible thumper or whatever, but you're steeped in it. You have to deal with whether it's a bully or whether it's gunshots, whether it's the police harassing you whether it's uh someone following you in the store you know you're steeped in these these things and you're kind of caught in between the two so i say our mothers pray for blessings because a lot of us are raised by our mothers they're trying our best they're trying their best every day they're they're working 60 hours plus hours a week and sometimes they may not have the ability to watch their kids because they have to provide and put food on the table our fathers um our fathers, they go out into the world. They may commit crimes in order to put food on the table. So they have to deal with demons. They're they're literally dancing with the devil because as a man, you're nothing if you don't provide for, for your family. Um, you're not even considered a man. Um, so I do want you to understand that. 
I'm going to have to pause here because as organic as possible, my little one right now, he's, he just tumbled. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm recording this podcast at 11. It's the time is 11:39 PM. Um, and he's sleep on the couch. I'm going to have to take him up in a little bit, but he just rolled and tumbled because I got too loud. So I almost had to cancel this one or start over in the morning. Um, and that's what I mean by organic. Um, but what I was saying was that our fathers had to deal with that. And I, I, I am um, in this podcast. I am the son of, a, of an ex-felon, and I'm proud of that because my father, he straightened up for us. He straightened up for his kids, um, and he did it for us. So um, just a little background of that because my mom is a saint, and I look at my dad as like he's just a, a West Indian gangster. Um, but he straightened up and flew, flew right because he knew that he had kids and he never wanted us to, to be victims of the street. So you can always respect a man who who, um, who served his time and he's um, and there's some reciprocity in that. Even if the the, um, the society doesn't give the nod to those who, who stay on the straight, straight and narrow if they made a mistake, it's acknowledged by their children because their children are the recipients of that individual that raising that teaching and a lot of the 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 best teaching the the manhood that i was given in the um the honor that's in in fatherhood was given to me and to my father um and then i go on to say what's right and what's wrong is your point is your opinion your point of view because when we look at the 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 news um a lot of us and when i mean us i mean black people um we we are we have this narrative on us. Uh, there is a narrative in the media that we're we're deviants. Whether you read a, I read criminology books where you know social deviants or or um, social miscreants or we're prone to violence or we're prone to commit criminal acts. It's all garbage. Um, but and we know how the the media draw us and paint us. Um, so. I, I really can't respect that point of view. So what's right and what's your real wrong is your point of view. So I just was like, you know what? Everyone has their own point of view. And those who can paint with a finer brush usually have more detail in, in how they, they can um, dress up a situation. That's why I say I dare not read the paper. It tells me who I ought to be. Um, because the moment that I... I allow myself to read the paper I'm in that narrative so a lot of us don't um and then I say I only wish that my accusers children lived the life of me which is is interesting because any black person wouldn't wish this type of lifestyle on on anyone else you know they wouldn't you know I love being black but you you have to you have to engage life as being a black man and no one wants to be you know, to be honest, no one wants to be black, or no one, um, excuse my language, but um, Paul Mooney said it the best, Dick Gregory said it the best, he said everyone wants to be niggas, but no one wants to be niggas, um, which is true, you can, you can have the culture, you can, you can wear the bandanas, you can dress hip-hop, you can wear the garb, you can wear the dress, but when it's time for real action, when it's time for economic change, when it's time for um, 
state violence to stop, whether it's the police or, or uh, a, a, an execution that, that happened to someone and there's no evidence, that's all violence against us. And, um, but, you know, it's the same thing. It's, you know, you can listen to our music, you can listen to the plight, whether it's R&B, whether it's rock and roll, old rock and roll, whether it's hip hop, whether it's rap, whatever you want to call it, it, we've been saying the same thing through the annals of time, and this it's still happening the same way. So it's um, that's why I say I only wish the accusers' children lived the life of me, so that you know you can kind of get a glimpse of it in in, in its totality. Um, where do else do I go? Constantly told that you're inadequate in all areas of life. Second guessing yourself when you know you're right, um, you you kind of have to always, as a as a black person in America, you always have to kind of dot your eyes and cross your t's. And even when you dot your eyes and cross your t's, you have to dot your eyes again and cross your t's. <laughs> so it's a it's a funny way of living. Is you have to always be sure, and you always have to. Always, and even when you're right, you have to stand up for being right. And people will challenge you when you're right. Um, and that's the that's the, the, the crux of being black. It's just, you know, you always have to get a double check or a double mark or let me just um, make sure, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, so then I go into, I get out of that funk and I say arm stretched to a, to a breathing sun. Um, we are children of the sun of a darker hue. Um, so, and it, it's light. I'm, I'm always trying to, to give people light away from our native earth, the land of the beating drum. So we, we, we are naturally African. We come, we hail from Africa. Some people call it El Cabilana or Libya. Uh, but we, we come from the native earth, the land of the beating drum. The drum was one of the, the, the very first instruments ever made. Um, so, but we make this our home. So when I say this, um, we make the Americas our home sons and kings of warriors so then I go into the piece where uh, I want to talk about the positive you know sons of kings and warriors derelict queens are harlots and servants so now we are we are here in America and now we're we we were once the sons of kings and warriors great people people who who had their own people who had their own land their own food their own sustenance now we're derelict you know if you don't know what derelict mean, look it up. Um, queens, um, our queens, that's what we call our black women. Um, queens are harlots and servants, harlots are, you know, look it up. Um, within our souls, we are called for a higher purpose. So the things that we do is out of survival. That's what I'm trying to, trying to, trying to elaborate. And, um, but I know that we are called for a higher purpose. So one thing I always say about my people is that we can we can be the worst or we can be the best. Um, and I think that's our, our charge in life. That's just my personal thought and what I believe is that our charge in life is that we, we are called for a higher purpose. And that um, and when we are called for that higher purpose, we, we are almost untouchable. Um, um, now we are shaped by our surroundings, bearers of a shattered past. Shattered past is, you know, when I read history books, the history books don't have me. I have to read history of the history. I have to read 13th century um, documents. I have to read um, 
Ivan Van Sertima's We Came Before Columbus or Dr. John Henry Clark or Sheikh Antediop. You know, I have to read. Um, there's a book um, by Wallace E.A. Butch um, discussing the, the, the Egypt. Um, and I have to read many things to, to find my history because it, it's been hidden for me. And um, they don't want to keep that. They, they don't want to give you that history. They don't want to relay that, that message to us. Um, and then I go on to say, um, because a lot of us don't know where we are. We, 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 you know, we come from the Americas, or we may start our, our destination from the Americas. And what people need to understand is that if you are Irish-American or if you're um, Japanese-American or you're Chinese-American or um, you're German-American, you can trace your history back past the Americas. So if you're, you were fir first wave, and or you, your people probably came from the 1800s, you can go back and trace the village that your people came from. Most African Americans can't do that. Or, you know, even myself, I come from, uh, my people come from South America. So we have kind of like a trace of, you know, we, we kind of just stuck. Or if you come from the islands, you come from Trinidad. But no one knows where you come from after that. So I don't know where I came from after that. Um, they say Ghana. Some people say off the coast of Biafra, which is Bani, um, where they traded slaves, or Senegal. Um, I don't know what tribe, whether it's Fulani or Igbo. I, I don't know that. So that's why I'm saying we're bearers of a shattered past. I don't know my name. I don't know my real name. I have an inherited name. Um, my last name is once again, it's Lennox Alfonso Mars. Lennox is a European name. Alfonso is a Hispanic name. Um, or Spanish or Spain or Portuguese. And then Mars is French. So here I am, a black man with three European names. <laughs> it's a rather good name. Junior inherited from my father, but we just have to understand that I don't have an African name. I don't have, my name is not Kwesi, um, Uoyo, um, I don't have a village. I don't have that. So I, I always want to say that. We're, we're bearers of a shattered past. We have to always pick up the pieces and understand where we came from. And then um, then I say, pot, first of the potter's kiln, despised by his newer caste. So we were the first people here. Um, it's a fact. Um, whether they say we came from Kenya or Ethiopia or the, the middle of Chad, um, they carbon date our bones and say the first the first bones the first woman was Lucy found and they keep finding older so with the first of the potter's kiln despised by his newer cast so once again I you know we're we're, we're not liked we're not loved um, but we're here and then I say we are the clay children so I go back to the fact that we come from the almighty and once again, I always go back to, you know, my foundation. So I, I hope you guys like the piece. Um, and I, I explained it as thoroughly as possible. Well, I, I'll try to explain more, uh, most of it. Some of it I, I, I will leave for interpretation um, to you, for you to interpret. Um, but we shall see. I hope you guys like this episode. Um, 
please rate and subscribe and, and uh, share with your friends. This is something uh, that I plan on doing and plan on giving you guys more content. I thank you for your participation and uh, peace.